and welcome to another Idea Prof episode um, with your host, Mike Pedersen. I'm here with a, uh, a mutual friend that I met through another one of my co-hosts, and um, her name is Rosetta, and we kind of started chatting online and really had some good uh, some good energy, good uh, you know, good vibes back and forth. So I was lucky enough to persuade her to jump on an on a episode with me today. So um, Rosetta, how are you? How's your day doing well doing well trying to just uh you know brave the storm a little bit but doing well so i know the storm's got everybody a little bit upside down but hopefully you're staying nice and dry so for those listeners out there um rosetta tell us a little bit about yourself you know what what kind of makes you you so i um i'm an avid reader i'm a volunteer i'm a mom a grandma um I'm an educator, which is the one thing that's probably um, most that I love and the one thing that drives me the most crazy during the day, but I love being an educator, Um, learning new things. I love learning new things, getting to know people. Um, I enjoy being outside and hanging with my family. So pretty quiet, normal life, I think. I don't think it's anything but normal. I mean, you're an educator. You're molding the minds of, of, the, of the young people. I think that's pretty important. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. It's um, Each day is different. Each day is new. Um, every year, I, you know, each group of kids is different. And that's what makes it, I think, both enjoyable and challenging. Now... I know sometimes it can be challenging, and with your volunteer efforts, that is something that you're very passionate about. So um, I want to kind of give you a moment, give you the floor to kind of tell us a little bit about some of the things that you're super passionate about. A few things that, um, that I, outside of being a grandmother to my five-year-old and one-year-old grandboys, I absolutely love um, volunteering. Um, That is something that I have done for the past um, maybe 10 years or so. Um, It was talked about, you know, in high school and college, and it's like, ah, yeah, you know, if I ever have time. Then once I got out of college, um, I actually received a scholarship from an organization that was a volunteer organization. And I thought, hey, you know, it'll probably be nice to go and give back to the community, that sort of thing. And I thought it was gonna be like a one-time deal. And I've been doing it for 10 years now. (laughs) So it it tugs at your heart and um, it just gives you something to look forward to outside of your own, you know, circular view of the world. So I really enjoy doing that. Um, I've worked on, in recent months, um, developing an online course Obviously, I love teaching, so being able to um, work on and produce something that will help others is definitely a passion of mine. Um, And then I've been promoting my first novel. So um, last year, I uh, debuted uh, my first novel, um, When It Rains, It Pours, which I absolutely love the title. And I have um, done a lot of promoting for that, and that's been really enjoyable. And so I want to touch on the, you know, a couple of things there that you mentioned. So, um, like, what exactly type of volunteering? Is it more like volunteering with youth and kids? Is it like at your local food bank? Or does it vary? Does it, you know, does it just depends on what you're feeling at the moment? 
So the organization that I'm a part of, it's called Seroptimus International. Um, it is actually an international organization, so it's pretty much all over the world. But the local chapter here in Tampa is um, where I do most of my service work. And it our primary goal is to support women and girls who are, um, you know, kind of often overlooked, not, uh, really um, taken seriously. We've had uh, women that have been in abuse shelters um, with their children. We've had women that have, are just um, the head of their households that are going back to school, that are trying to find their footing. Um, so we just try to find areas in the community that need our service. Um, we will do uh, work with men, you know, organizations that, that uh, we did Wounded Warriors um, last year and we volunteered and worked with them. But our primary goal is really to um, empower the lives of women and girls. So we, um, the age range is pretty much from 13 and beyond. So anyone in that age group is kind of where we like to land like to land and kind of focus the efforts and it's a very pivotal age group you know that's when you know yeah. they're kind of coming into their own they're kind of learning things about their bodies about the world about you know how they're perceived how people are perceiving them things are growing and changing and moving and so it's it's really insightful because that's a very impactful age in which you can really make a lot of difference there absolutely yeah it's definitely that age where it's kind of like you could go either way so to speak and to have someone that is um, supporting your dreams and supporting your goals or an organization that's able to do that can really make the difference in um, the lives of girls that age so i enjoy doing it i love doing it it's it's really um again been an eye opener for me um, just allowing me to not stay in my little circular view and being able to see other things about my community that I could use to um, not only help myself and you know change my own mindset, but then also be able to help others. Yeah, absolutely. And then I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you a little bit about this novel. Like, tell us, is this a, like a like a deep adventure book story, a <laughs> romance type of novel? Like, like where, where's the juice? Where's the dirt? So it's actually really pretty cool that I, you know, I, I volunteer with young girls and, and women, and that this book is actually about um, a young girl who's around the age of 13, 14, who has a life-changing moment. Her parents are getting divorced. And so trying to navigate this new family dynamic um, is just quite the challenge for her and figuring out where to go and what to do and, and that sort of thing. So it's almost like, you know, her, her world kind of comes crashing down and, and trying to figure out how to navigate that whole thing. So it's really, um, it, it's, I, I like it. I, I think it's, it was a work that was in progress for a long time, which is really crazy. So I, I know that people can write books and <clears throat> and be done in like a year's time or six months or something like that if you're really, really good. Like this was a process over a number of years and it wasn't that um, I actually set out to write a book. It just kind of came about because when I was in high school um, and dealing with my own you know, family trauma and drama, uh, 
One of my guidance counselors said, you should just write it all down. Just write it and, you know, get it out. And that's how this book actually came about. Wow, that sounds like a, like a juicy read, you know, like one of those, <laughs> you know, nighttime with a glass of wine or something. You know, I might have to tune into that. So for yeah. all you listeners out there, I'm definitely going to add that in so that if you want to read about that story or pass it along, we'll definitely get you the details as well as the, uh, the volunteer stuff that you can do too. So that way people can, kind of, you know, participate, you know, if, if yes. they'd like to, like to yes, join in. Yes, yes, definitely rewarding. All right, and you know, while we add on that volunteer stuff, we want to kind of move into, um, as far as you know, participation and stuff like that. It kind of brings me to, to our topic for today. And so when I, I spoke with Rosetta about it, we really kind of uh, thought that this would be a good topic to, to really dive into because I think it'll help a lot of people. And so the topic for this episode is, how can you create your own career luck? Now, my first initial thought with this is, I think you have to be open to how your career is going to, I guess, uh, move, change, um, and then kind of find the different, uh, I guess, characteristics or traits that you want to find in a career. Once you kind of identify what those things that you want to do, then you can go about pursuing that goal, right? So from, that perspective, I mean, you could probably take it from the time in which you might be high school or, or college or somewhere in that range, is creating some type of, you know, platform of what you want to do. Now, it's difficult, you know, most people change majors in college and don't know what they want to do in their early 20s. But I think the first thing that you have to do is kind of experiment with different careers that you think might, that you might want to get into that seem like a reasonable starting place? Oh, absolutely. I think that um, you have to try different things in order to find your footing. Um, one of the things that I know that as an educator, we often ask kids, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they go by what they see or they hear or they know or that they're familiar with, like a teacher, a lawyer, doctor, you know, those sorts of things. But, you know, speaking for myself, I had no idea that I wanted to be an educator. I had no idea that I was even good at this. And um, my son, when he was in second grade, had this horrible experience with one of his teachers. And um, I did everything that I could. I volunteered at the school, I volunteered at the classroom, and it just seemed like no matter what we did, she just would not let up on my kid. And at the time, I was going to school to be um, an advertising executive. I was gonna make commercials. I was one of those kids that sang commercials. The moment one popped on television, I knew it word for word. It was like, ah, yep, that's what I wanted to do with my life. And um, that one particular day when my son had an episode at school uh, and I went to volunteer, I went home and I was literally in tears before I got home. And um, I remember sitting and talking with my dad and just telling him all of the things that we were going through and what I was trying to do um, as far as help my son and this teacher just kind of, you know, work out their differences. Mind you, he was in second grade. He was like eight. <laughs> and so my dad, being the sweet man that he is, he says to me, 
well, why don't you put your money where your mouth is? If you think you can do a better job than educators in schools right now, then how about you do it? And I thought I could do a better job. Like, don't tell me that I can't do something. Like, oh, you challenging me? Ah, okay. <laughs> and so I quickly changed my major to education. And that is how I became a teacher. But in doing that, I realized that educating others is really my passion. It's what I love to do. It's what I'm good at. You know, it's like you, you I've, there, I've had many different jobs, um, many different career paths. But once I found education, I realized, okay, this, this, is, this is what I'm meant to do. And so, but even in that, um, and just like designing an online course, that gives me another avenue to be able to reach people in a different way. Writing a book is a completely different avenue of being able to do, you know, something on that level. Um, I have a blog. So it's like, you know, there are many different things that I can, you know, throw my creative uh, and teaching uh, juices into. And I think that, um, you know, when we're talking to children, you know, we need to give them ideas and thoughts about trying many different things so that that way, um, when they do finally find that one thing that they are really passionate about and that they love to do, that, you know, that, that their careers will take off in that direction. I think you hit the nail on the head. It's that, you know, we constantly, because I, I remember being asked that question when I was young, hey, what do you want to be with to grow up? And it was this constant singular thing. And even some sometimes now you ask kids the same thing. It's, I want to be a firefighter or I want to be a doctor or, you know, a teacher or something like that. But, you know, if with the way that, I guess, society is changing, business is changing, the some industries weren't even around when you know when you were younger so how can i say that i want to become a you know a, a web developer when the internet wasn't even around yet like <laughs> no. you know so it, it's i think we have to change the way that we interact with students at a younger age to kind of open up their their world of possibilities so that way we can show them that yes you can be one this one thing but in your free time, you can also potentially have a side hustle, or you can volunteer, or you can create um, a novel, a book, a podcast, a YouTube channel, a whatever, a multiple avenues, so that way you can create multiple revenue streams if you want to become, you know, uber wealthy and doing it that way. Or not only that, but just to be able to tap into different parts of ourselves that we find valuable that we want to share. You know, you could be really good at uh, computer stuff, but at the same time, maybe you're really good with your hands and a craftsman and, and black, you know, a, you know, a blacksmith or something like that. Or maybe you make jewelry, like in that way, you can sell those things on the side and on like an Etsy, you know, channel or something like that. So, I think that's the first one. And then the second option is we've got to. I think it's better to encourage that when they're older to try out those different things and not be so hard pressed to stay in the lane right so like to your point you talked about you want to become an advertiser then you switch to to teaching for me it was um i went to school to be an engineer my brain worked like that i was super analytical love math love science 
got there and I said, I did computers in high school, computer engineering, boom, that's what it is. I'm gonna ride right. off into the sunset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> got there, I took about a semester and a half and I said, I don't wanna be behind a desk for eight hours a day looking at code. It's just not what it is. Um, and then I got, you know, went around to a couple different other types of engineering and then I got to like economics and things started like lighting up for me. I said, oh, that makes sense, that makes sense. And then people would come to me and be like, Mike, you really know this economics? Are you like more macro or micro? And I'm like, actually I can do both. And they're like, what? And I was like, you know, it's those type of things that I think was super helpful, um, you know, to help nudge me in a different area to not be so hell bent on focusing your efforts in one location. Right, right, it's so true. So true. I think that's one of the reasons why it's important to have, um, and this is speaking from my educator background, technical schools, um, uh, schools that are like career oriented so that students are able to try out a vast majority of things before they kind of, you know, settle on, hey, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life because things change, times change. that, you know, our surroundings change, the environment changes, society changes. And so therefore it's it's really hard to say, I'm gonna, you know, stick to this career path and that's the only thing that I'm, you know, gonna do. And I think it kind of, you know, nails our, our children and people into thinking that this is the only one thing that they can do. You know, we're beyond those days, you know, when like our parents were, uh, you know, just really happy to be able to get a job. You know, my father was one of those men who, you know, he started at 18 and he retired 30 years later from from that same job. And it was like, you know, it was great. He loved it, you know, but it was, he did the same thing for 30 years. And I think we, you know, now we have an option to be able to do way more than that. Like if we can just open our eyes and see what's around us and just try it. It's like, you just never know. But then it's really weird how some careers kind of um, overlap and you think, oh, if I do this one thing, like you were saying about, you know, um, engineering, it's like, oh, you know, I did this and it was like that one semester. I don't quite know, but then it kind of led you into, you know, economics and that kind of led you into other things. So it's, you know, really, um, a good thing to encourage people to try a variety of things before they kind of settle on one thing to call yeah, and, and I think you, you, you had kind of touched on it, which was, you know, kind of creating and, and following your passions in those, in those areas, because, um, you know, when you start, I guess, kind of dabbling in those areas of your interest, right? So maybe it's writing, uh, could be podcasting, could be underwater basket weaving, horticulture, agriculture, growing your own plants or whatever. You start to create networks of people in those areas, right? So um, you start meeting people that maybe are all about plants and you have your plant kind of group of people. Maybe uh, you're talking about working out and starting a personal training class. The next thing you know, you have your workout buddies and friends. and. And then, you know, so you create these little pockets of people that can also help when you want to make a career shift or when you're just trying to find out more about a different a different avenue or a different something or other. You can tap into these people to say, hey, listen, I'm thinking about getting into woodworking. 
do you know anybody in woodworking? How does that, you know, what do you do? What are the tools that you need? What are the skills that you, that you, um, that require to kind of get into something like that? And then those people are kind of, they can help you out because they like talking about it too. And that creates a whole plethora of opportunities for people that I don't think that oftentimes they forget about. They go to their immediate circle, their friends and family. Um, but then after that, they're kind of left without it. I think that's true. I think you're you're headed in the right direction with that, that it's very important to have those pockets and circles of friends because you just never know who you may run into. I mean, think about us, you know, it's like you knew Greta and Greta knew you and she thought, hey, my friend would probably, you know, you guys will probably have a lot in common, a lot to talk about. And here we are. You know what I mean? So it's like you just never know where those um, different career avenues and different pockets of friends will um, will lead you. And definitely it opens up a lot of um, different avenues, not just, you know, business wise or, you know, career wise, but personally, you know, it gives you opportunities to see different things from a different vantage point, which could you know, make a world of difference in someone's life. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of interested to kind of get a, you know, yourself as an educator, that perspective of, you know, how people go about it. Or do you feel like they're going about it in a, in a healthy way to try and grow their skill sets as far as, you know, maybe learning from a textbook and more formal education and kind of, you know, uh, advancing their skills in that area or is the experience a little bit more valuable and being able to open and broaden their horizons as to what's kind of possible i think that you know as far as education is concerned it's unfortunate but i think like the education system itself has when it comes to being able to provide you know students with different avenues of, of learning you know, trades or, um, you know, different skills. I mean, we have, I think, I want to say here in Tampa, one technical school. We have a variety of different um, high schools that uh, cater to, you know, different career choices like nursing or um, auto or um, uh, engineering, things of that nature. But it's kind of like one of those things where I think um, education has got to catch up to um, encouraging students to be a little bit more fluid with um, like course credits, you know, especially when you get to the high school level and being able to offer them a variety of um, things that they can or courses that they can get involved in subject areas that may interest them and giving them the opportunity to say hey you know I, don't really, I didn't really like that last semester let me try you know something else but being able to have that um, fluid system in place so that students can kind of find things that they're good at and being able to say okay well you know I may not necessarily have to go to college for this but you know, there is a, a trade school or there's a certificate program or there's something that I can do along these lines that'll help me um, you know, create the kind of life that I wanna have and do the things that I'm, I'm passionate about. So I think, I think the education system has a little catch up to do. <laughs> it, it does have a little catch up to do. It's, it's kind of, 
a little bit antiquated. You know, they want everybody to come out with the same thing. But you know, I really want to touch on one of the um, one of the points that you talked about, which is finding things that you're good at, right? And so, not only is it finding things that you're good at, but using those to kind of fuel your fire moving forward as well. So whether it's automotive stuff or like if you're talking about nursing, if you find something that is really lighting you up, waking you up in the morning, this is what I need to be doing, um, continue to kind of nurture that as much as possible. And that means creating things around that, right? So if you're really, if you find out you're really into cars, you know, if you have the money, go out and buy an old car and, and fix it up and do something. Or maybe ask friends and family if you can tweak and work on their cars and, you know, maybe uh, document your journey around vehicles so that way you constantly stay in tune with that, um, with that area, that market, that industry, and then talk about it. Let people know what you, what you want to do, um, what you want to get into. Um, and I think that'll lead you to a whole different thing because as long as you're staying in there, I think you're gonna stay energized about your your new thing and things will naturally kind of happen. You know, you could say the universe or whatever will kind of put things in front of you if you stay involved in, in where you're going in that path. Yeah. I, I think that's one of the things that I really love about teaching um, students with special needs because no, obviously in, in any, um, classroom no two students are alike however with uh, students of special needs it they it forces me to create lesson plans differently because students are learning at a different rate so it forces me to you know to really oftentimes think outside the box and I teach different grade levels so I teach fifth grade I teach fourth grade and sometimes you know they might throw a kindergartner in there so I have this wide range of um, students and, and abilities and being able to um, create lesson plans or um, programs that will reach the same group of kids at a different you know, level or angle is really challenging, but it's really fun. And it forces me to, um, again, think outside the box, but to be able to cater to a specific child's needs and abilities and um, you know give them that um, vision of themselves that hey while you may not be able to do it exactly this way but you can do it that way and just letting them know that you know there are different options out there like we don't have to kind of stick with one thing um, and I think if we can do that as educators and create that uh, mindset that we can find different avenues to um, get to our heart's desires and our passions, you know, with, with children, that it'll open them up to uh, being able to see themselves in a different way. And therefore, when they get to the point where it's like, oh, I, if I have to choose this career path, or if I have to choose this one thing, you know, is this something that I love? Is this something that I'm passionate about? Is it, is it something that I have, um, you know, a desire to do? And then being just going for it with no, you know, reservations. It's like, you know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do that. It's so important to think that, you, you know, you talked about just having that vision to envision yourself actually doing these things. Um, oftentimes, I feel like I know in, in my personal life um, and some of the others that, have, that um, 
that are close to me, like there's a lot of doubters sometimes and some naysayers and some people that will naturally want to poo-poo on your ideas or your thoughts or, or kind of put you in a box or you know why, or challenge you like why do you want to do that like that's not going to make you enough money or that's not going to really going to make you happy or how are you going to do that and you kind of have to block it out sometimes and say hey like this is my this is my life this is something that I want to I want to pursue and it might work and there's, it might not work but I think everybody will be comfortable enough to say, hey, I tried it, it failed miserably, crashed and burned. Or I tried it and look, I'm the happiest that I've ever been because you know it, it started to work out. So having that, that inner fortitude is something that I think is extremely important because it's not the probability that it's going to happen overnight for you or you're going to hit that, you know, hit the lottery on your dream job the first time around is very slim. So you have to prepare yourself to realize that, you know, you're going to take some lumps probably, but if you stay the course over time, sheer numbers are going to be in your favor. Um, now, the question that I pose to you is to for, let's say, an adult going into it, right? If they find that one thing, how long do they legitimately pursue it before, I don't want to say giving up, but maybe pivoting or, or, re, or rethinking if that's, a good, if that's a good step? You know what? I think it comes with time. You know, I think it comes with, um, for me, it's going to be a lot of, uh, of, of prayer, you know, kind of figuring out, hey, you know, is this the right thing for me? Uh, I think... There is no set time frame to say whether or not this is a good idea or a bad idea. It really depends on what you're getting from it. You know, if you if this is something that you're passionate about, that you have a desire for, it's like educating. I mean, anybody who knows a teacher knows that, you know, we don't make a lot of money. Like we are just trying to get by every. <laughs> so it's got to be something that you're passionate about and that it doesn't matter um, what's happening really around you or what people are saying around you that this is just something that you love to do and you're going to do it regardless but there are going to be those times where it's like you you have put money you've put time you've put effort you've put energy and this thing that you have tried to um, get a hold of is just not producing what you needed to produce you know it's like you have to come to terms with all right, I, I've, I've given myself this amount of time and I've spent, you know, X amount of dollars. It's like, I, I need to really kind of sit and think about whether or not this is gonna be something that I need to um, continue to pursue. You know, unfortunately, there's no book on that. <laughs> it's like, you gotta you got do it until, you know, you just know um, in your heart, in your heart of hearts, as we used to say when we were kids, that yeah, I gotta let this thing go. Um, but, you know, at the same time, you know, I blog. I've been blogging for, I don't know, a number of years. I love writing. Like if it, writing was one of those things that I could get paid to do and be at home, then that's what I'd be doing. Unfortunately, like my writing and my blog is not paying the bills. So I, I, I got I to gotta, I gotta stay in this classroom a, a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, but I still do it. 
because it's one of the things that I love. So it doesn't matter that I'm not getting paid for it, but it's one of the things that I love doing. So um, I think, you know, and like you were saying earlier, it's got to be a mindset. You got to kind of have that mindset that, you know, when you have people or naysayers that are kind of like, oh, you know, that's not working or you shouldn't be doing that. Or like, how, how much longer are you going to spend, you know, chasing this dream? Yeah, it's like, well, you know what? I, I my my book from from start to publish was about twenty some odd years. Like I started writing it when my son was probably two, and my son when I published it at the time it was published, my son was twenty six. But it was one of those things where I did it, I wrote it, and it was just like, you know, very fulfilling for me that I'd actually written a book even though it hadn't been published or anything of that nature and it was always one of those things it's like you know at some point I will have this thing published and you know but in in the meantime I gotta work <laughs> yeah yeah like, I gotta so, pay the bills yeah I have a child to raise here like you know he can't eat paper like we we gotta we gotta get this going and so um I happened to be at a party and like you said before, it's like you just kind of never know where these pockets of people are going to be that you're going to run into that may just kind of push that dream that you have over the edge. And I happened to be at a birthday party a couple of years ago and um, it was a, a friend that I worked with, a co-worker, and I just thought, okay, you know, she's been really good to me. She's really sweet. I'll stop by and, you know, take her a gift card and, you know, be good. Say a couple of hellos and then I'm out the door. Well, I started talking to her mother. And I don't know, we're talking about the food and then the next thing we know, she's asking how long I've been teaching. And long story short, I find out that she's a publisher. She owns her own publishing company. And joking, I was like, hey, you should publish my book. You know, it came out. And she says, I'll send it to me. Yeah, really? <laughs> I was like, okay. And so I sent it to her and lo and behold, um, it took her a couple of months. She read it, she loved it, and she thought, I'm gonna publish your book. And I'm like, no way. And there you go. And here I am, a published author, doing something that I thought, you know, was only one of those things that, ah, it could happen, it couldn't happen, you know, whatever. But I was writing the whole time and I completely enjoyed writing. So it's like, you just never know where you're going to be and how long it's gonna be before that dream is going to, kind of like take off for you so you just don't know when to give up it's just yeah I, I think that's that's a i mean you're the perfect case of just never giving up I and mean, we're talking 20 something years of you writing this book yeah and, and yeah. i'm sure there's been ups and downs during that time in which you thought eh, do i really need to do it and you know you, you hit me yeah. and stuff like that and you <laughs> but if if you didn't press forward, you would have never had that opportunity and, you know, and right place, right time. And that's where you kind of have to, you got to believe in yourself, right? You got to believe in your dream. You got, you can't let it die. You know, you just, and you might have to go about it in a different way, but that doesn't mean that it's not ever going to happen. It just might not happen the way you initially envisioned it. Right. You know, because I'm sure like your initial dream of publishing the book versus what actually happened are probably miles apart. Completely different. <laughs> <laughs> Completely different. Yeah. But it also gives me a great opportunity when I'm talking to, um, like you were saying, this to just kind of never give up on your dream. When I'm talking to um, 
girls as I'm volunteering. You know, it, it, it gives me a story to kind of share with them about not giving up on your dream. And I tell them often, it's like, just even if it's a little bit every day, you know, just work on your dream a little bit every day. Work on your passion a little bit every day. And you just never know where that's going to take you, which is one of the reasons why I love meeting new people. Because you absolutely don't know. <laughs> you have no idea what people's backstory is like. You have no idea what they're no. connected to. Um, yeah. That was really something that I had to had to change in my way of thinking. Like I, I had a I had a vision in my head of how things were always supposed to go. And I had to I had to break myself of that thought process and that mold because you know they never ended up going that way, um, and one of the things I had to kind of nurture is my close circle of friends was really good and they knew me and stuff and um, uh, my my partner was really kind of focused on hey like you have a good brain you have a good ideas you have these kind of things but if you don't tell anybody nobody knows. Nobody knows. Like, if you don't meet new people, like, nobody knows. If nobody knows, nobody can help you. you so know? true. And it really, like, light bulb moment, you know. And it was really then that I, I started to kind of open up and say, hey, people aren't scary. Tell them what you want to do. Because I was always afraid, you know, somebody was going to steal my idea or somebody's going to steal my, you know, my ideal job or my passion or whatever the case may be. And I wasn't going to be the only one. And I'm like, you know what? Who we on it? Like, Tell people this is what I want to do, and oftentimes, if it doesn't, hurt, most people will reach out a helping hand and be like, "Oh, well, I know somebody like a publisher, or I know somebody in this particular role, or something like that." Which, you know, kind of loops me around to the to the other point as far as not kind of giving up on the thought process is if you're finding yourself struggling a little bit, if you know of anybody, or you know, one of course, communicate and talk with people, but try and find somebody who's in the role or the job or career that you want to be in right ask to be a mentee ask if they can share some insights some advice anything that they have ask them about their journey because i guarantee it wasn't all smooth sailing for them either you know and if they're able to share a little bit and say hey maybe i got some of my education here you know i married it with some experience here and they might even be able to put you in touch with somebody that can help you out like it can help you in a light you know accelerate your process so fast um yeah it's just really remarkable because i think of that process and it didn't occur for me for a while and then once i started doing it i realized there were so many people that could help out and so many times in which, I don't wanna say that I turned the other cheek or the wrong cheek, but I said, mm, let me bury that. And I didn't say what I was supposed to say or not supposed to say, but I didn't voice the things that I was supposed to probably voice in that moment that could have gotten me farther along than I had wanted to. It, it stinks because it feels like a little bit of regret, but also know that once you get over that, for me being an introvert, that's what kind of happens. Um, there's a whole different set of wonderfulness that'll be on the other side once you kind of do and communicate that, you know, going forward. That is such a great point. It really is a, a, a great point. I think we have to kind of get, our, get outside of ourselves sometimes 
and um, I, you know, you know, get that start thinking like, oh my gosh, you know, I should be further along in my career, or I should be doing this, or I should have purchased a house by now, or, you know, all of those things that kind of plague our minds because we are thinking about, you know, at this point in my life, I should be doing this. And then when I turn this age, I'm going to do that. And then, and we don't really take the time to kind of see um, where life kind of takes us you know, based on our personalities and, you know, uh, the things that we're passionate about or like our friendships or, you know, little circles of pockets of friends that we know and, and could take us into so many different um, directions. And like you said, that are good for us, you know, but once we get over the fear of, um, you know, outing ourselves, so to speak, and that fear of like, you know, being rejected, like, oh, somebody's gonna think I'm nuts. <laughs> yes, that's exactly it. It's that fear of rejection that it's, it's difficult to get over. And you have to almost, it's a fear of failure, right? Um, yeah. It's the fear of failure that I think a lot of people are, are just generally have anxiety about, whether it's, you know, a spouse or meeting new people or, you know, telling somebody about their job or, or talking to their boss about, hey, I want to get into a different profession or I want to try different things at, at my role. Is there an opportunity for me on the other side of the company that I can talk with? And, you know, they're thinking that their boss is going to be like, oh, you're planning to leave or whatever the case is. And the next thing you know, they're going to be, you know, um, without a job, you know, lose their house, live underneath the cardboard box underneath the bridge. You know, and they go to this, this horrible, um, dark place. This horrible dark place. <laughs> when oftentimes their boss is like, "Well, yeah, you know, I was just talking, and you know, we, they do need some help over in accounting. Like, let's get you some experience. Let's shadow somebody for a couple of weeks and see what happens." Um, you have to be willing to voice that and not be afraid. Um, and I think the faster that we get over that fear, like you're talking about, you know, like come to terms. Like, what is that fear going to do for me? Nothing. Like you almost nope. have to overcome it. It's just it. gonna it's, hold you back. It's just gonna hold you <laughs> back. And it's like what's what is more important, you know, going forward. Um, right. that fear. Oh, I know. Oh stinky fear. It's like let's 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 get beyond that. You know, it's hard though. It's hard. Yeah, it is hard. Um and so I think, you know, that fear and then creating networks and pockets of, of people so um, I think I want to be respectful I think we got a lot of good juicy kind of nuggets and stuff here so let me um, let me roll these back and play them to you and you just let me know if I missed anything so when we're talking about how to best find our career luck right um, if you can see if you can force that luck so first thing you want to do is you want to try different things to kind of iron out what you like to do, how you like to do it, um, and then don't be afraid to create different avenues for that luck. So whether it's writing about it, maybe it's creating reviews on it, um, a, a podcast, or or um, just different avenues to be able to stay in that realm or that focus of what your passion is going forward to find that career thing. Once you have that, you want to start creating in that field. So whatever it is, create more content, create more avenues for you to be involved, whether it's groups, chats, um, hackathons, whatever it is that you can get exposure to that potential craft on a consistent basis. 
envision yourself in that role so that way you can kind of understand what it's like to be there and if you don't really know what it's like to be there find someone doing that job and potentially work backwards ask them for insights ask them for advice maybe it's the education that they went to the experience that they did you know the places they went the other people to talk to um, hold yourself to the process and the goals that you have versus the timeline of when those will arrive because we have no control over that and then last but not least is get used to quote unquote failing or diving into yeah. it or leaning into it and realizing that the more that you press into the unknown the things that you don't know the better off you'll be and then um the last part is, is definitely communicate. So tell your family, tell your friends, tell whomever it is that once you have whatever it is that you want in sight to lock it in, share it with them because they'll know people who will know people and create this compounding network of people that will be able to help you look for your, your, um, your next career goal or whatever. And based on that network of people, plus what you're already creating, they will naturally, potentially, serendipitously, such as in Rosetta's case, get her book published or whatever your goals might be um, right. going forward. Did I hit all Right. I think you got them. Those are great. Those are great. I think we got everything here. Um, I think this is going to be a real, real good value to a lot of people who may be maybe stuck in their careers, just starting their careers or could need a little bit of help progressing and finding their true passion and, you know, make it easier for them to get up and, and go to work in the morning if they're liking what they're doing. So, um, Rosetta, I got to say thank you for, you know, jumping in and, and helping. I could have came up with some of these, but not nearly as many without your, your insight and expertise. So thank you so much for, for joining me on the show today. I'm really happy that you were able to uh, provide great wisdom for us. Well, thank you for having me. This has been um, quite the experience and it's been really fun chatting it up and throwing out ideas. And hopefully, you know, with this, we are able to, uh, you know, help somebody give give a few good nuggets to someone to help them along their path and finding their career greatness. Wonderful. Yes, I couldn't agree more. So for all you listeners out there, if you if you found these tips useful, if you want to engage, you can always um, reach the show using the handle at IdeaProv at all of our social media handles. Um, you can also hit our website at ideaprov.live in which you'll soon see blog posts starting to come out where you can kind of continue the conversation there. Um, and don't worry, stay after the break for our IdeaProv Insight. Hey, for this idea of insight, I wanted to share with you what's called the Vocera Smart Badge. It's a new invention for 2020, and it allows healthcare professionals to voice actively communicate with other healthcare professionals. So it kind of looks similar to like a smartphone, except you can voice activate it and dial people. That's a whole lot easier. This allows people, especially in the age of the pandemic, to be able to communicate without removing, you know, personal protective equipment. You don't have to grab your, pull off your gloves to grab your phone. Um, the idea probably spin on this that I thought of was, imagine if this had a wide range, it could potentially communicate between EMTs and then also the emergency or trauma room centers. 
so that way they can get real-time information and be better prepared for when you know affected patients are are coming into the hospital just kind of an interesting thought until next time Thank you.